for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. What is going on, everybody? We are back for another episode of the Season 22, and today is a big one. Today is one that I've been waiting for for a while now. I killed a buck tonight, and I cannot believe that it went down the way it did. So I can't wait to get to the story. This one might be a little longer. I said that about the last one, but this one might be a little longer than... You know, the normal 15 minutes or so, but uh, there's a little bit to cover in this one. So I want to get into it. But first and foremost, this episode of the season 22 is brought to you by Helix Broadheads. If you guys are looking for a Helix or want to try them or you don't want to get some and just practice with them, use the code FALLHX10 to save you some money and check them out at helixbroadheads.com. I do want to, I will get into that, you know, Helix and, and the story here. But uh, I just can't say enough about them. I, I really like these broadheads. I'm four for four with them, knock on wood. Um, four for four, and they have performed flawlessly. So let's get into the podcast. So this one's going to be, I, I'm shooting from the hip, but I'm trying to like remember everything. And, you know, I'm trying to do this real time, obviously. So tonight was a big night man I it was crazy and you know I go back to some conversations I've had with other podcast guests one in particular is Ryan Glitzky and uh, I talked to him and he he you know kind of brought it to my attention it kind of made me think about it but you know he gets a lot of shooter bucks you know in in the in the middle part of October daylighting a lot. And, you know, it made me think to go back and see historical data and just kind of see if I had any trends like that. And I do, man. Um, I have for the last four or five years, and that's as far as I went back. And I'm sure if I go back even farther, I can really pick apart another pattern or something. But one in particular is, and I've been mentioning them on these podcasts, is the portion of October 10th through like the 15th, 16th, 17th, somewhere in there, the quote unquote October lull, as people like to call it. I personally don't really believe in a lull, but you know, that period of time is pretty special for me and where I hunt and year in and year out, I get bucks that will daylight, you know, in that time frame. And in all honesty, they daylight like early. Like, you know, it's not getting dark until 
I think 7:30 right now in mid October, and you know I'm I'm having these bucks roll out at like three o'clock in the afternoon and just eating, you know, and just getting up, milling around, and then they will go back in bed. Like I see it, so that's gonna play into today's story with this deer. So I want to go back a couple days ago, and I want to get my facts right here. So I I wrote down. I wrote down some information and I just, I'm trying to find this here, just trying to make sure we got it correct um, right here. Okay, so last, or this morning, basically, it was this morning because today's October 13th, um, but this morning at 2.10 a.m., I had a new buck, brand new deer show up on camera hitting a scrape. And I've never, ever, ever have seen this deer before in my life. And uh, he's a good buck, good looking buck. And I knew immediately like shooter buck. So he he showed up at 210 and then he ended up working that scrape and, and kind of being around for about, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. And then I got another picture of him leaving the bedding area. So I knew he was going to be in the area and... You know, I've got another buck that uh, is actually my what I'm calling my number two buck. I'm calling him the babysitter. He's a nine point, good looking deer, and he's been frequenting daylight frequenting uh, this particular location. I want to go back to Sunday when I got back from the UP or the Northern Lower Upper Peninsula, whatever you want to call it. That trip, I did a speed tour and I wanted to look for some some active scrapes that deer made, you know, community scrapes and everything. And I, I found this scrape that, uh, and I've said it before, you know, this scrape is here every year. The deer use the same looking branch. They work this scrape and everything. And, you know, I just put a camera on it and I, I want to make sure it was there. Cause I haven't been, I I've scouted this timber, but this, you got to remember this is private. So like, I know basically the ins and outs and how the deer work through here and stuff like that. And it's just getting more apparent every year of like how the deer use the terrain and everything. So I just wanted to make sure it was there and I knew it was there because I knew historically from the 10th through, like I said, 15th, 16th, 17th, I have bucks show up and usually it's like a morning deal uh, in daylight or midday. Like in, you know, I might periodically get a buck that will show up in the evening, but usually it's a morning deal. And I think the reason why is because it's a ton of ag around me and they know they're safe because I can't, it's hard for me to hunt it, you know, walking through an ag field, like there's no other way I can get to it. So I just think, you know, there, it's a good spot and I stay out. I try to stay out as much as I can. I just think it's a good spot where they can come in it's thick and they just know that they're, they're safe. So this buck shows up at, uh, like I said, 2 10 AM. So I, this would have been, okay, so it's the 13th, but it would have been, yeah, so it would have been the morning, I can't remember, but it was the 13th, 2 a.m., okay, so I can't hunt that, mm, no, I was going to hunt that morning, I'm sorry, I was going to go after another deer the morning of the 13th, okay, I was going to go after a deer um, that daylighted in a bedding area where I found a buck bed on the, on Sunday. And I'm like, man, I really think a mature buck is using this spot. And he daylighted there and I was going to hunt it in the morning. I was going to try to backdoor him, get in there, do a hang and hunt with the saddle and, 
and do that. Well, life got in the way. My daughter last night, it would have been the night that this deer showed up or the morning, night, morning, whatever you call it late. My daughter was having a tough time sleeping and my wife and I were up like 13 times with her. It was just up all night with her. She just had bad dreams, stuff like that. And it, you know, three o'clock turned into four o'clock and you're still up and four o'clock turned into almost five o'clock and you're still up. And it's like, you know, it's hard with the alarm going off and everything. And, um, I didn't want to, I I felt like I needed to, to, the higher value for me was to glass that morning and not hunt. So that's what I did. I woke up, I woke up around six o'clock. I got up and had some coffee and then hit the glass. Like I was gassing glass and just trying to find this new deer where he showed up and, you know, going around the section and, and just trying to see if I get eyes on him where he was at. And I didn't, I actually did see a little buck chasing, you know, just nudging does and I didn't get to see him though. And so I'm like, I don't, I feel like this deer is in the area, you know, and this is one thing where to me, in my opinion, like when you have new deer show up, you've got a short window. Usually it's like, two to five days. I wouldn't even say five days, two to three days before that deer is either a, he's going to, he's probably going to leave, but, or get bumped out. I don't know. So I knew the time was to strike now. Like I have to strike. He didn't show up in daylight though. Uh, it was all night and, but I knew he was close and going back to the historical data, I knew that bucks like to hit this scrape and in daylight. You know, so that was my goal. My goal was to just glass that morning, the 13th this morning, and then hunt tonight. But I, I wanted to get in like what I think somewhat early. I was going to leave the house and head out around three o'clock is what my plan was and hopefully be in the stand by four. Uh, that that was my plan. And uh, so I, I get ready around three o'clock and, and uh, get in the truck and I leave. And as I, you know, I, I take off and as I get closer to the farm, I see some deer out where I'm planning on to go on this scrape. Now this scrape is on an inside corner of a bean field, but it's kind of pushed back into the timber about 15 yards. The scrape is, but the thing is on the inside, inside corner, it's like a low area in the field. So none of the trees, there's like a little like box cut out in the corner so none of the trees grew it's just tall grass and they always they always make the scrape right there on the crab apple tree so that was where I was planning on going and so as I'm driving up here I see some deer out so I start glassing and once you know it this buck is out there the buck that this new deer and I'm like what the hell are you doing he's out there at like 315 and I got some footage of him on my spot and scope on my phone and everything for like two and a half minutes. And I'm trying to think about what, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get in here? Is he going to leave? He was with four other does and the four other does were kind of working off, which was good. I, did, I wanted less eyes in there. So they were kind of heading towards the neighbors. So the wind was a south, southwest wind and it was supposed to be south, southwest the whole night. It's going to be a beautiful night, but the wind was going to be a little gustier. 13 to 16, but I, I, I have a love hate with, with high winds like that. To me, that's kind of a high wind because my hate with it is I love to hear deer before I see them. Like I love hearing twig snaps and deer walking. And then, you know, when you get 13 to 16 or higher, you can't really hear deer walking, 
but I do like it because those higher wind speeds will push your wind more true, in my opinion, in some areas like ag where I'm at or you know, in hill country, it might do some different things, but it keeps the wind usually more true in, in, in my situation where I'm hunting. So I do like that heavier wind. And deer do move. They move like crazy. So, and I think yesterday was the first day of the red moon, I believe. So I'm in day two of the red moon. So I believe that's what it was. I'm not a big moon guy, but you know, they say this red moon is, is like where it's at. And that's when you're going to, you know, have your best sits. So I'm sitting there trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And he hits a scrape, a different scrape, just a field edge scrape. And then he walks back into the timber. So me, you know, knowing this timber and scouting it and, and really honing in on and trying to figure out what these deer are doing in the off season I have a pretty darn good idea where he's going to go. And it's about within 80 to 100 yards of where I'm going to set up on this scrape. My whole thought was he's going to go back and bed down. And he's going to go in this little area, you know, this this thick pocket. And he's going to bed up for a little while. And then if if, if he was going to show his face, he was going to show his face on this scrape. And it was going to be before dark. I, I thought I, I truly thought to myself, I was going in and I was a hundred percent going to kill this deer. That was my main focus. So he goes in the timber and I just glass and glass and glass, and I'm trying to pick him up. Okay. And I can't. So I feel like I did it pretty thorough, like glassing where I could not see him and I would move a little closer. I, I was in a, a fence or a wooded fence row where I could, I felt like I was hidden, but there was going to be a good portion of it where, you know, me going into the stand, he could see me. So I was taking a risk. Like I, I really, I'm like, man, I'm pushing it because two days from now I have to leave to go to Kentucky to film Mark, my boss. And that, so the weekend's out, I wanted to get this deer down because like I said, I feel like those, those windows, these deer are going to be gone, you know, or turn nocturnal and then you're not going to see them till, you know, later in October or the rut. And it's like, you, you never know. This is still time where you can kind of pattern them a little bit. So my plan was, is just to keep moseying in there and hopefully I was going to stay low. And for about a hundred yards, it, uh, it was, I mean, the field I was going through, the, the field edge was muddy. I mean, two bean fields, and they're just muddy and my feet, my boots are like a hundred pounds a piece. That's another thing to contend with when you get in and your boots are knocking mud off, you know? So it's like when you're up in the tree and it's mud's falling. So I just keep inching my way and I stay low. I try to stay as low as I can. And I'm like, I'm going for broke. I'm getting an aggressive move here and I'm going to go for broke and I'm going to get in here. Cause if I can get in here without him knowing then I'm in the chips. I am I am in the driver's seat. I couldn't be any more in the driver's seat. And I thought I was going to kill this deer, 100%. So I get to the base of the tree and I'm like, okay, now I got to be even quieter, you know? And I was really methodical. It really took me a long time to get to this tree, a long, lot longer than it should because just I just did not want to make any noise. So I'm going up the, the rungs of the steps and <clears throat> excuse me I get up and I get everything situated and I get my bow up and I'm I'm in I'm locked in I'm like okay we're good now 
the thing is, I can see the west side of this timber. So if he did skirt out the west side, I could see him if I bumped him. To the south, there was like some road construction going on. I didn't think he was going to go south. And then east, I could see east as well. So I really didn't think he skirted out. I honestly thought he was, you know, just kind of went in that thicker area and just bedded up or just, you know, was eating acorns. There's an acorn flat in there and just milling around, you know. To my knowledge, I was thinking that he was probably the only deer in that timber. It's not a very big timber, uh, about five acres. And I just felt like he was probably the only one in there. Maybe not. I mean, there always a chance. But so I'm sitting there and uh, texting a couple buddies. And, you know, I was texting David Riley. And him and I talk every day, you know, and we're always going over game plans with each other. And, you know, he leading up to this day, he even said, he's like, man, one of us are going to kill, you know, Thursday night, Thursday night's kill night. One of us, or if not both of us is going to kill. He was going in on a hot sign. I was going in a hot sign and it was just, you know, let's see who can do this kind of thing. You know, hopefully both of us. So I'm sitting there and, you know, I was locked in by four and I think I want to say it was about five o'clock. I hear like this big thunder coming at me from the West. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I didn't even know it was supposed to rain. Like really didn't even, didn't even think it was going to rain. Like I had no idea that there was going to be a pop-up shower and it's thundering and it's coming. The clouds are coming right at me. So I look at the radar and I'm like, holy crap, it's like a red cell. Like we're going to get pounded and it was going to happen, you know, in the next, within the next hour, basically, it was going to be around six, six o'clock, I think is what it was going to be. So I'm like prepared for this, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sit it out and I'm here, you know, and my whole thoughts were, I'm just hoping it stops before it gets dark. That was my plan is like, you guys know, if you're listening and you're a long time listener of, you know, even last year, the the two bucks out of the three that I shot last year were right after a rain. And I love a rain, especially when it stops and you're in the tree. So, you know, I haven't seen anything and I'm just sitting there. It's, it's cold. I mean, it's, I think it was like 43 degrees or something like that. And with the wind, you know, it was, it was chilly, but it was a beautiful night other than a little, little brisk wind. So, and it was hitting me right in the face, you know, and there was, uh, an opportunity that this deer could come out to the east of me and win me, but I really had him neck down with some terrain and where this this scrape was. So the scrape was west of me, and the wind is out of the south southwest. So I really felt like he was going to be pinched down, and he's going to hit this scrape, and then I'm going to kill him probably right right as he's either getting to the scrape or right after he gets or leaves the scrape. That was the plan. So this rain is rolling in. I'm texting some buddies and they're like, oh, it's, and I had some buddies that were hunting west of me and they're like, it's pouring rain here. And I'm like, great, you're only like 15 miles from me. So here it comes. I put my camera away. I, I, I gear up for this. I'm like, this is going to get nasty. And it starts pouring and it, it's got some sleet. It's got, you know, rain. And I'm like, this sucks, you know, but I, I pulled my phone back out and I'm like, looking at the cell and I'm like, man, it's going to stop. It's going to stop about 645. This is going to be awesome. You know, cause I could shoot till after seven a little bit. And 
as it's raining on the neighbors a ways away, a deer steps out and it's a doe. I thought it was a doe. So I'm watching that and I know how these deer work. And I, I, I figured that deer was going to work to me, go by the scrape and come in the timber because they like the bed and the timber that I'm hunting. So as the rain is like kind of ending, this deer's making its way to me and the rain ends and the sun like peaks out. Okay. And the sun hasn't been out all day. And it's like, it's blasting in the timber behind me. And where this deer should be coming from is like over my left shoulder. Okay. So I keep kind of looking behind me. So I look behind me and in the sun, it may, it kind of lights up the timber behind me and it's really thick. And I see a deer leg, like the, like a back deer leg. I'm like, man, that's a deer. I'm most positive it is. So I had to crouch down and get the binos out. Crouch down a little bit. I look and I'm like, holy shit, that's him. He's at 30 yards. And I could see his beam. I could see his double beam. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like he's at 30 yards. But the problem is my lane, I only have cut to 25 yards because it's so thick in there. And he's just outside of that lane and I can't squeeze nothing. And just as like I'm thinking that, he starts walking away from me. I'm like, okay, he's here. Win number one, he's in here. Like, I, he, I didn't spook him getting in because that was always a question mark. Like, did I spook him getting in? I don't know. I just had thought that I didn't or hoping I didn't. So he kind of moves away. And in the meantime, this deer is making, the deer behind me is making his way to me. Well, it was a little button buck. And he comes right underneath me and he spends, I mean, gosh, he spends 15, 20 minutes underneath me. I love having deer around me, especially like that, because I can't see very good in the timber because it's so thick. So I'm watching him. I'm like, he's going to let me know where that deer's at hundred percent. Like if that deer's coming up, he's going to let me know where it's at. So kicker, after this rain comes through, it goes from a south, southwest wind to a northwest wind. And I, it couldn't be any worse of a wind. And where that deer was just standing the buck, that wind is blowing right at him. I'm throwing milkweed left and right, left and right. And I'm like, just switch, switch. We're, we weren't supposed to have a northwest wind. And the pop-up shower just made that that little front come in and come from the north. And the wind switch. I'm like, shit, this is not good. Not good. So about 15 minutes goes by. Like I said, he's kind of eating down there. And that, that button buck, he's just like looking back in the timber. And I'm like, man, there's got to be something in there. All of a sudden, he just bolts. Like he's getting ready to chase a deer, like a doe, you know, like a buck would do. Like he just kind of crouches down like bolts for like 10 yards and I can't see him. He's kind of in the brush. And I thought to myself, I'm like, man, he's chasing a doe, I think. And the wind has died down to almost nothing now. It's really random. You know, it goes from 13 to 16 mile an hour, you know, to 18 mile an hour gust to like nothing. It's like whisper quiet. And I can feel the wind going, starting to go back to the west and then start kind of going south, southwest or southwest, but it's like, it's like hitting, hitting on west, which is, which is fine. I just don't want northwest. So as he pushes this doe away from me, this doe, well, I didn't know that. Okay. Let me go back at that moment. I didn't know that. I assumed that. And all of a sudden I see a deer walking at me from where he went. I'm like, man, that looks like a bigger bodied deer. And I look at his head, nothing. It's an adult doe. And she's walking like, she's going to come by me at 10 yards. She's going to go right underneath me. And she's going to go out to the bean field. The only 
crappy thing is, is she's going to hit my wind. And I was hoping that the wind was just kind of going over because she was, she was real tight to me. And I was hoping it was just kind of drifting over. And, um, she gets through my wind, not a problem. Didn't hesitate. Nothing. She's in the beans right on the edge. And in the meantime, this button buck was following her coming with her. And he's in my lane, that 30 yard lane, uh, where that other buck was actually it's a 25 yard lane, but he was at 30 yards. He's in that lane at like 13 yards, just kind of looking and they're both looking in the direction where I saw the buck earlier. I'm like, man, he's in there. He's coming. He's coming, you know? Cause I thought when the doe had worked through and then the, the little buck, the button buck, I, I grabbed my bow because I'm like, that buck is going to be right behind him. And I'm going to shoot him right here. You know, because right now the deer are still kind of grouped up a little bit and it's not going to be like that for long, but I was just thinking, you know, he's just going to follow him out. He didn't. So these deer are looking in the direction of where that buck goes. Well, in the meantime, the doe kind of freaks out a little bit, doesn't put her tail up, but she bounds into the back into the timber behind me and she's looking straight east, like something scared her, you know, or something she's, she's on alert. And next thing you know, they just kind of run and they're running away from me. And I'm like, that's so weird. Like what's going on, you know? And it wasn't 10 seconds later. And I look up and I just see beams and tines coming at me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there he is. Like I knew exactly it was him. You know, he's got a double main beam on the right. He's got a kicker at his base. I knew the frame, you know, cause I did watch him for, three minutes before and I got footage of him. So I've been looking at it on my phone with the phone scope and everything like that. So I know what this deer looks like. And I'm like, he's coming and he's already at like 25 yards coming on a run right to that scrape. And I'm like, I'm going to shoot him right here. And I got a lane right before the scrape. And he's kind of on alert though. Like these, this doe and this button buck that ran off kind of made him leery like just so i knew i was dealing with like like an alert deer but i knew he was i mean he was already top pin you know but he was kind of in the thick stuff he's kind of looking in my direction not at me but he stops at like 15 yards uh 17 yards and he's just doing what you know bucks do and he's just licking his nose and he's like just scanning because he can see out in the field now he's scanning for danger is what he's doing and I got my bow and I'm sitting in like an oak tree and it's got leaves everywhere so I've cut pockets you know this is a tree that I've hunted for the last five or six years I've got pockets in these and I knew he was going to get my last lane if he kept going on this run and I knew he was going to be within 15 yards so I told myself once he gets behind this oak branch i'm gonna go to full draw and he's gonna step in the lane i just didn't i i didn't picture that he was gonna basically trot into the lane like he did so he takes a couple steps and i go to full draw okay and he's behind the tree and then he does like a like a i'm gonna get going i'm gonna run now kind of thing and he's gonna squirt through my lane fast and Right before he gets in the lane, as he's coming in the lane, I go, I stop him. And I hate stopping deer, but I had to because I had to just like, I had no other shot if I, if he kept going and he just puts the skids on. He's like, just like a statue. 
and I put the pin on it. Well, I, I hit for a range and it was 12 yards and it gave me the pin and I put it right behind the shoulder or right, you know, right in the pocket and I touch it loose and you could hear this big, just pop, just as pop, you know, and he mule kicks the, the, the craziest mule kick I've ever seen that, that I've shot a deer. This thing is like standing straight up. Like I thought his back legs were going to go over his front, his head and he bolts out of there. Okay. The light and knock lights up the, the arrows. I mean, just buried in the ground right where I shot him. And he takes about, he goes about 20 yards and he's out into a field now, a bean field that's standing, you know, and then I hear like something. I just hear, I don't know what it was. I just hear something like some branches or something. And I'm like, okay, so I can see West the way he was going and he didn't go West. What I think he did is he went out into the bean field and he went complete South, like down the field edge. I'm like, shoot, you know, and so I hang my bow up and I'm like, man, was he at 15 yards or 12 yards? So I, I pull my bow back again in range and it, it was 13 yards. It, so I was, I knew I was money. My first initial thought was like, man, I think I hit him low. Like I just felt like it was low, but the pop and the meal kick, I'm like, man, it sounded really good, you know, really good. So it's getting dark, it's starting to get dark. And I called David and I'm like, dude, I just shot that deer. He's like, no way. I go, yeah, I shot him, and I I don't know what happened, but I, I said, I think I hit him low, and I said, I think I want to get down and just check before, you know, before it gets dark, you know, I want to see the arrow, and I want to see if I can find blood, but I said, I think he ran over and just stopped, like, I didn't hear him run, I think he stopped at, like, 20 yards, and it's so thick, I'm glassing. Because with these Helix, man, all the deer, ex- ex- excluding my Michigan buck, I mean, he did the same thing kind of too, but it was my fault on the shot. You know, my Ohio deer, my Illinois deer from last year, you shoot these deer and the, the arrow blows through them so quick, they run off like they didn't even know what happens. And then it's like, oh man, I don't feel very good. And then that's the end of it right there. You know, so I thought it was one of those scenarios again, but I'm like, man, did I graze his belly? Did it, like, what happened? But I felt like I was up high enough, you know, that I, I felt like the shot, the placement was high enough, but it maybe came out the brisket. That was my thought. I'm, I'm thinking one lung. So I sneak down. I, I, I pack up all my stuff. I sneak down. I'm like, I, you know, if I do bump this deer, I want to know where he goes. Like, I want to see him. That's why I got down in daylight. So I get down and I inch over and look at the arrow. And the arrow, there's there's some grayish white hair on like right at impact. Okay. And then there's like fat, like meaty film through the whole arrow. But then when you get to the veins, it's like red blood. And I'm like, okay, that looks real good, you know. But you can you can smell the arrow. It's it smells meaty. And I'm like, shoot, you know, so I'm I got all these emotions going now. So I grab the arrow and I put another arrow right there, and I wanted to take it. I wanted to, when I get out of there and go back home, I wanted to look at it and just kind of assess it. So I call one of my buddies, Phil Ludwig, and he, I was like, Hey man, you got time to, you know, track tonight. I said, I'd like to, you know, get on this deer because we have more rain coming. Like with, I mean, any second it's going to start raining and we need to get on this deer like ASAP. 
He's like, yep, I'll be right there. So then I call another buddy that's got a tracking dog that helps me out a lot um, whenever I need. And I gave him the whole assessing, you know, assess the whole situation. He's like, man, he's like, hard to say, but he's like, I'll bring the dog. Like, let's, let's go get this deer. And he's like, it's okay if it rains. I want to ease your mind. He's like, the dog does really good in the rain. So he's like, let's just get the dog, but I need you to wait there before, like, don't go tracking, you know, let, it's okay that it's going to rain. We'll, we'll hopefully find this deer. But he's like, if, you know, if you, if you hit, or he said, if, if he doesn't bet up within first 400 yards, we're probably not going to find him. I'm like, all right. So I call Rob Miller for, from Miller tracking. He's Rob Miller is one of the best in Michigan and, and anywhere, you know, I've never had Rob actually track, but I've seen a lot of stuff that Rob's done. Know some people that have used them. So I called him and I just wanted to get his opinion. He thought, you know, from the way I described it, and this is nothing against him at all. Like he didn't know the situation. It's just my best explanation. He was thinking one long and he was thinking, he's like, if you don't find blood in the first 20 to 30 yards, that is a really good indication that it's a one lung hit deer. And he said that deer's probably going to live, you know, with how high I was in the tree and the angle and everything. He's like, he's probably going to live. He's like, not going to, not going to fall on that sword basically. But he's like, that's just the way it sounds, the way you're describing. I'm like, okay. So I'm at home, Phil pulls in and, and, and Taylor waiting on him. And, uh, so we're just, Phil and I are going over the arrow and the arrow to me does not look like a kill arrow. It doesn't, it's so weird, you know, but the blood on the veins look like heart blood, lung blood, you know what I mean? And that was the, that was the kicker is like, man, what? I, I don't know what's going on here. Like the, the arrow's telling us one thing, but it, it's just, I don't know, man. I really don't. So Taylor gets there and he's in the rain. It's pouring rain. Okay. Poured rain for half hour. And I'm like, there's gonna be no blood. That's, that was what I'm thinking. So we load up and the rain stopped and we load up, we drive to the farm and get out. We walk down there, you know, and, and we go right to impact. Okay. And the dog immediately starts right on the track going. And he's like, he's on her or on him. She is on him. The dog is a she. She is on him right now. And Phil and I are kind of looking for blood. I went to the field edge to kind of look for tracks where he maybe can't went into the field. And then Phil finds blood. And it's good blood. Like real good blood. Like like red, like heart blood, lung blood. You know what I mean? Like just good blood. And I'm like, it made me feel really good. And he's like, here's some more blood. And he's like, oh, here's some more blood right here. And Taylor goes, dude, come over here. And I'm like, dude, don't do that to me. If there's a dead deer right there, just tell me. You know, and he's just screwing with me or whatnot. He's like, he's right here. And I'm like, no way. The deer only ran 43 yards and died. So when I got up and went and checked that arrow, that deer was already dead. He went into the field a little ways and died right there. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So what had happened was... I shot him right through the front shoulder, perfect through the front shoulder, okay? Goes, blitzes right through his front shoulder, takes out his heart, comes out in the pocket behind the arm, kind of in the armpit, but not not like too low, but it was where that gray and white hair meets the brown hair, and that's where I was getting that from. <laughs> this deer, we got up to it, and I mean, I was ecstatic, stupid, just 
yelling, like just happy. You know what I mean? Good buck down. And it wasn't, it, I thought we were going to be in for an all night track and job, you know, with the rain and all that stuff going on. And he's right here. It was just un, unreal, <laughs> unbelievable. So we're, we're, you know, hooting and hollering, high-fiving and everything and trying to figure out how we're going to get this deer out of there. And so we, we drag it, I tag it, and then I, I do the confirmation. So the, the deer, so this is my first, um, all the Michigan guys listening, this is my first time uh, checking a deer. So it was really easy. It took a minute. That's it. Okay. It's really easy to do that. And it's, you, you need to do it because it's showing some really good stats. So I, I really like looking at it. But anyway, I checked the deer in and we, and then we drug it to a field where I could, you know, get the truck to him and everything and, and gutted him right there. But I, when I took the the heart out, uh, when I was gutting them, like there's a helix strike right through the, I mean, it cut the one side of the heart. It was a hell of a hole. And, um, yeah, I just couldn't believe it, man. Those broadheads are ridiculous. They're awesome. Good blood. And there was still blood after the rain. And I mean, the dog helped a lot. The dog went right to it. It was crazy, you know, and the good thing too was, is we were tracking into the wind. So the, we were downwind of the deer. So that helped out a lot, but I mean, we could, we would have found it without the deer or out the dog. Um, not knowing that though, before it was just nice. I like to have peace of mind, um, and not screwed up. I've been on a lot of rodeos, if you will, but no, man, it was unreal. I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I found out about that deer, you know, in the morning, that morning and you know he came from nowhere I, I i have no idea where that deer came from i've never seen this deer before in my life ever and uh shows up and i knew i had to strike now and i did and it happened and he was the one that showed up and 12 yard shot and uh i, I couldn't be happier man it was unreal <sighs> I, i'm excited just thinking about it right now but it was really cool he's is a great buck um haven't scored him yet and but if i had to guess he's probably going to be in the mid teens probably um that's where i'm going to put him right now really don't care like he's going to go on the wall he's a beautiful deer he is what i went in there for and the plan the execution just was awesome you know and he, 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 i look back at this week and i just felt like in the stand i was telling myself i'm like when am i going to catch a break you know the the babysitter buck showed up and on Tuesday night and I couldn't get a babysitter and he daylights I and I'm glassing and he's sitting there and I'm like oh my gosh I was gonna go to that stand or I was gonna go to that like location and and try to get on that deer and there he is you know what I mean and it's like when am I gonna catch a break and then I get in the stand and tonight and then it starts raining in the wind and then he shows up at 30 yards and I can't get a shot at him. I'm like, man, when am I going to get a break? You know? And I guess the big boy upstairs was just like this, you know, you deserve this deer. And I don't know, something I, I, I have no idea, but I'm ecstatic and I got a buck down. So he was a 10 point at 10 scoreable. His, uh, he's got a really cool, like double main beam on the right first double main beam deer I've ever shot. So he was a good size deer. I never weighed him, but you know, dragging him out, it was a task. I'll tell you, I mean, he was, he was a good size deer for, uh, October deer, you know, the ruts, you know, going to be starting here soon. And obviously they're going to, 
get a little bit bigger and swelled neck and everything. He didn't have a swollen neck yet, but um, couldn't be happier, man. So that's the story. First buck down of the season, October 13th. And actually, fun fact, last year I shot my Illinois deer on October 13th. So a year to the day I shot that deer um, in, in, uh, in Illinois. So that's pretty cool. In a calendar year, I've I've got four bucks down. I can't be happier. I, it's unreal. Never thought uh, that this would ever happen to me. And I just want to keep the train rolling, having fun. And I was starting to feel a little self-inflicted pressure. I'm not going to lie. That's just something I do. I'm a competitive person with myself. And I was feeling that little pressure. And I'm sure everybody does. Like, you see all your friends knocking deer down. Like, man, I want that. Like, I want to do that, you know. So it is one of those things. But the monkey's off the back. And now... We can keep pursuing for another deer because we get two buck tags here in Michigan. So, yeah, that's the story, guys. Thank you guys very much. And I do, I want, I want to reiterate, thank you guys so much for all the feedback um, and all the support. I, I can't be, I couldn't be any happier. Like, the listener base is unbelievable. Um, you guys reaching out to me. And I really didn't know how this whole season series would go. And people are absolutely loving it. And I am super stoked about that. And um, if you guys do like it and you haven't, like maybe hit me up and just tell me, hey, this is awesome. Or just tell me it's, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know. But there has been a handful of people reach out and it's it's been really refreshing. And I really appreciate everybody reaching out and saying that. So I am uh, going to hit the hay because I am leaving at 4 a.m. in the morning and heading to Kentucky with my boss and uh, we're going to get over there. He's got a muzzleloader tag and we're going to try to get on a deer there. So thank you guys very much. Go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Always leave a written review and uh, go to Spotify and do the same. So thank you guys very much and uh, we'll be right here next time on the fall podcast.